Our Patreons demanded it. And so we're back. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Thank you, patrons. Yeah, we're really taking off. I think, you know, since we uh, we launched the site, it's it basically almost took the Patreon down. Yeah, well, like we, we've increased our number of patrons by infinity infinite, percent. Infinitely. So, yeah. so thank you again, Zach. Um, <laughs> but Happy Thanksgiving. Ca- happy Thanksgiving oh my God, to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. And it'll be, soon. A, it'll be a good show. I think it's about, we cover some of the hot topics of the day and get into the impeachment. Ooh. Get into. Uh, really? What else are we talking about? Oh, the Watchmen. We're, Watchmen. we're doing a little TV critic stuff. Yeah. A little segment we like to call television. Or don't watch, man. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm Ooh. saying. <laughs> Ooh. Zinger. You're like an regular Amy Klobuchar up there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so little TV, little impeachment, little debate. So uh, welcome back. Iran Contra. Our Patreon oh, still does an, exist. An audio unboxing. You could double it quite easily. Infinity times two. Are we do an unboxing in this episode? <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, find me, Abby Hassan. You're Grania. Yeah, I've our a lot podcast to count. <laughs> is against the wall. The first A is the at symbol. Bam! Ooh. Clever. Ooh. And uh, yeah. All right. Bye. I mean, hi. <laughs> You might not have heard about this because it's kind of obscure, but there is like an impeachment going on. There's an impeachment? Okay, yes. There's an impeachment. Um, One of the members of this podcast has been following along with it. Which one is that? It's me. Oh, okay. The other one has not. And that would be me. That's you. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So in the impeachment, unlike other impeachments, like they're having this weird show trial in the house, which... I was trying to figure out, like, if that's what they normally do. So in this current impeachment, they're having these cast of characters come in and testify in the impeachment part, which usually now it goes to the Senate and they're supposed to be like a trial. But we've already kind of had a trial because of the way that the fact finding was conducted in the impeachment itself. Because the investigations were, were a lot. They opened a lot of the investigations instead of having them in closed committees. They had them in open. Yeah. And it, it became like oddly... Jim Jordan and these other characters became like these roving defense attorneys, kind of. They were both like hammering their tables with their fist and saying like, we need more evidence. And then also like trying to stop evidence from coming out at the same time. Like obviously everything that those clowns do in the House of Representatives is like political and not based in fact finding. But it was just especially like ridiculous this time because now we're going to go and have an actual trial where there's like a, a prosecutor and a defense attorney and they're going to like have like this trial process in the Senate. Uh-huh. So just just as some background, it doesn't always come out the way it did this time. So this time they had this like Q&A back and forth stuff going on that was like the kind of like right wing members of the group that was doing the impeachment, like, yelling at the witnesses. And the witnesses were, like, these, like, lifetime, like, 
I mean, every, everybody that's listening to this knows what they were like except you, but like they were like just so like well educated and smart and like the kind of people you would hope would be in our government. And then our like representatives were like literal like drooling clowns. And it was just like the contrast couldn't be more stark. And all of them to a person were these like weird sociopaths, though, because they were like, yes, I just follow all of the orders. I, I execute the foreign policy of the United States. And they were all like foreign born because that's the, all the smartest people are obviously like first or zeroth generation immigrants. So they just got, you know, so it's but they they collect all these degrees and they're the smartest people so they can follow orders. Yeah, better. yeah, exactly. And they were like, <laughs> they were like some of them, like this one poor guy, he's so smart and so like good at things from watching him talk, like he was able to banter with everybody. I mean, he was just like really smart. And he was like, so normally I'm when I'm in meetings, I'm taking notes. <laughs> so he's basically mad at Trump. He was like, the teacher forgot to give us homework. No, well that no, no, it was just it was even more sad because you had this like clown guy from like who's just like I don't know, some buffoon who owns a bunch of like hotel chains. His name is Sonderland or something like that. And he was just like a friend of Trump's or whatever and donated money to his campaign. And then he, he was, was the ambassador. He, yeah, he but was, that's how you become an ambassador. Okay, yes, apparently, yeah. Yes. You, you know this because you're from DC. Yeah, you so, become ambassador by being friends with the president and like like taking him on parties and stuff. Yes. You know, flying around in airplanes, stuff like that. Cool but the, stuff. the amazing part is that this guy was the ambassador not to the Ukraine. To he the was EU. the ambassador to the EU. Now, yeah. which country is not a member state of the EU? Spiritually? Ukraine is not a part of the EU. Yeah. So it's like just all ridiculous. You know, he's not like actually an ambassador that has anything to do with the Ukraine. You know, it's just he's it's just, just there in order to like drum up weird whatever they're it's doing. It's like a sweet gig, you know? It's the like EU it, ambassadorship? Yeah, I imagine, right? Sure, the EU ambassadorship would be great. But I'm saying, so the main Sunderland guy is like doing stuff in the in Ukraine, but he's not actually, that's not like in and so, his but purview he's, at all. He was, it seems like, the, the from what I like pick up on this, it seems like there's a split. There's the Trump people who seem to are led basically by Giuliani. Yes. And then there's And they have like their three amigos. Like it just like sounds yeah. like they're committing a crime. Like, it's a like Trump they're guys. like we're doing all of this crime stuff over here. We're trying to get the quid pro quo. And yeah, they're basically it, saying it. Yeah. It's a Trump guys versus the the it's it's the slobs versus the nerds. Yes, and they are such nerds. Yeah. They were uh-huh. like so lovely and nerdy. Like you were like our country could work if these were the people in charge, but they're not actually in charge. They're just able to carry out the duties. So the one, the nice, lovely nerd, smart nerd guy was like supposed to be taking notes and then Sonderland wouldn't let him in a meeting <laughs> where Sonderland had this important meeting behind closed doors. And then Sonderland came out of the door and like, you know, our nice nerd, I think his name's like David Hale or something. Hall, Hill, I don't know. Hill, I think. No, Hill is the woman that comes, she comes oh, okay. later. So he comes out and he's like, oh, sir, sir, can we, can you debrief me? I must be debriefed so I can debrief the people above me because we have this whole debriefing structure. We must do the debrief. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, sure, yeah. So then he's like, okay, well, ha- kids, let's let's go to, to lunch. Like, let's go get lunch. And they go to lunch on some, like, um, cafe in Kiev. And that's how it's pronounced, Kiev. Oh, I know. Have you always known? Yeah. 
No, God, he's so good, isn't he? Um, okay, so anyway, so they go out for lunch and keep, and then I'm sure like David Hale and the other two like nerds are like yammering at Sonderlin about like stuff, and he's like, "You want to see something cool? I'm just gonna call the president." And then he dials the president from his cell phone. I'm sure because he's like bored by the conversation about like strategy, so he calls him, and Trump answers, and then he's like, "The new president of Ukraine, he loves your ass." <laughs> So then, then they're like, like the Sunderland guy's like, yeah, that sounds like something I'd say. And, <laughs> but I don't remember it really. And then he's like, but I do remember that I never said Biden. Whereas this nice David Hale nerd, like lovely nerd guy is like, he said the word Biden. And he's like, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I never really know, pay attention to what I'm doing or knowing. So, so then anyway, so then we have uh, next up is this woman, Fiona Hill. And she starts her statement with this, like, amazing, amazingly patriotic American thing. She's like, America is the land of opportunity. And I have a, I was raised poor. And I have an accent that would prohibit me from doing anything special in England. I would not be allowed to climb these ranks at all because of my accent. Obviously, this is not a good working class English accent. But, <laughs> and, and then she's like, but in America, no one is judged by their accent. And it's like, fuck you, bitch. That like, f- like just untrue. because like we think you have a fancy accent, like <laughs> you know well, what went, I mean? She forgot to add the word British. In there. <laughs> yeah, nobody. And then is, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Because we like Michael Caine as much as we like the Prince of whatever. <laughs> They're all the same to us. Fancy. Yeah, every English accent is fancy. Though, yeah, though I imagine like you know like super. Working class accents. Well, no, her, hers is a North accent, okay. so it's not that like that. Sounds it, more melodic. Yeah, yeah, it's like it sounds like a Scottish accent, kind of. Um, so yeah, so she was able to just wow us with the idea that America was a meritocracy. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I hear uh, there's a lot. Of, that's what kind of bugs me about it. Like, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of grandstanding of it. There's there's these total ape men, although the Trump people. I mean, they're just just, like like, goons, and like obviously led by Giuliani. Like honestly, you know, whatever feelings I have about this whole thing, if Giuliani gets any comeuppance, it's a net positive for the world. Because what a, but but yeah, you know, it's just like it's like these everything with this is like. I, I saw you tweeting about Iran Contra. Like, it's all so much lower stakes, but like done so much more crudely, right? It, Trump is just doing the dumbest stuff, but in the dumbest way. Yeah, and there's like no reason for it. No, like, like, well, I mean, it's just like I mean, who cares if Joe Biden's son, blah 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 blah. Like Joe Biden's not going to be the nominee. Yeah, I know. Like but, you know what I mean? It's exactly. like it's all just. I mean, that's the same with Watergate. It was also very stupid. But like Iran Contra wasn't really stupid. It was like really cruel and awful. Uh, no, Iran Contra. Like, I mean, just go. T- why don't you tell our fine audience about the so, election tampering? <laughs> That came out. You were a young child watching. So I was a young child. My mother never made me go to school for some reason. I think because she thought school was stupid. And I think in Ireland, people are like really into learning at school and but also like family oriented. So my elementary school just seemed like absurd to my mother. So because you like probably went in reading better than your teachers. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just didn't make any sense for me to go to school. So I was just kind of allowed to stay home and watch like I Love Lucy reruns whenever I wanted. So I watched Iran Contra the hearings when I think I was like eight. And I remember, so what happened in Iran-Contra was like these crimes were committed in order to deny Jimmy Carter the presidency. So there was an election and coming up and Ronald Reagan was running and him and George Bush 
um, who was in charge of the CIA at the time, conspired to make um, the hostages that were taken stay in Iran. So Americans were taken hostage in Iran, and they were trying to fund the Contras, trying to get guns to the Contras. But they were explicitly not allowed to sell guns to the Contras by Congress. Yes, Congress didn't let them sell guns to the Contras. Who were like like mass murderers. Yes, yes, sorry. (laughs) I thought everyone knew that. (laughs) But what a lot of people think is that they traded the arms for the release of the hostages, because that would also have not been allowed. But what really happened is that they traded the arms to the Contras in order to keep the hostages in Iran. So, and deny Jimmy Carter the victory of getting to bring the, the um, hostages home. So it was like a really incredibly awful thing that happened. And I remember watching Oliver North testifying and learning all of this. And then I just also remember nobody ever speaking about it again. And so I, when I was bringing up this like thing that I remember, I was like, this sounds crazy. Like it can't possibly have happened. Like I must have had my child memory remember it wrong. And then I looked it up, and it's like, no, people think this. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I mean, but you know, even well, in other like election rigging news, right? Like Nixon sent Kissinger to basically signal to the Vietnamese that they would get a better deal under him than under Johnson, who was before Johnson dropped out, and basically ended up extending the Vietnam War by. Seven years. Yeah, I mean, right? I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I didn't know like, that. But you know, uh, so in the scale of <laughs> yeah, be electoral, like, but these guys did it in a much more sophisticated way. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't just say, "Give me the money." Like I just have to say that, like Ollie North, for like all of his fault, was like much smarter than like Sunderland. Yeah, I mean, that's isn't that the story of. The American decline. Yeah, right? I mean, like, it's just it's like, like brutal. So, how these lawyers in the impeachment? You said you've been watching them. Like, yeah. what, what what are they doing? So it's really complicated because a it's supposed to be like not really a adver- adversarial process, but mm-hmm. and and because they're just supposed to be fact finding right now, so it doesn't really make any sense. But, um, but they so, still have to ask witnesses questions. Yeah. Well, no, they're doing more than that. They're having opening statements on either side and closing statements on either side. Okay. So, um, like at the beginning of the day, like Adam Schiff has to like give a preview of what we're going to see today. He he like is the master of ceremony. He's okay. more like the judge okay. than the prosecutor, but he has to also act like the prosecutor. Okay. So he's his role in this is supposed to be like making sure everyone's staying according to time and doing all these things. And instead, it's like he's like laying out the evidence as to how this will these witnesses will like affect Donald Trump. And then Devin Nunez, who's like this crazy man, says how it's going to affect, you know, how Donald Trump is innocent and these are spurious accusations and there's a server in the Ukraine and he just kind of goes through like totally insane conspiracy theories. And then they're asking the questions. They have these like paid lawyers doing it. So they have the anti-Trump group, the Democrats, have a guy who they have hired who was a former prosecutor to ask questions. So he tries to do his prosecutor voice and does everything like the way a prosecutor does. So he's just like, and then what happened? And then the the Republicans, the people who are trying to defend Trump, they have a much harder job because it's very hard to be a defense attorney. You have to like roll with whatever comes in and you have to put it back into your theory of the case. So their theory of the case has changed throughout the trial, which if you're a defense attorney, you stick to your theory of the case, but they really 
cannot and are not. But at the same time, they're not actually advocates. They're supposed to be like representatives, members of Congress who are figuring out what happened. So they're instead of like acting like, oh, well, now we just heard something that's bad. They have to like immediately spin it into just being a hoax and like uh-huh. yell about the Democrats. So so they have like a weird shifting role that they're undertaking for absolutely no reason because they, they don't really need to do any of that. Do they? Like, are they, do they have to just defend Donald Trump no matter what happens? Like, I, yeah. when I'm in a murder trial, I literally have to keep defending my client. Like, oh, no. I can't just be like, oh, yeah, I guess you guys proved it. Like, no, they, they, they do not have to do, do that. So it if seems they crazy. Off, if they piss off Trump, he can just send one tweet and they're going to lose their next primary. Yeah. But it's like a very strange argument that they're making yeah, but all like, of the time. Like, technically, I mean, so just to dispel myths out there generally, like, prosecutors aren't generally actually good at cross-examination, right? Usually a prosecutor just has to get a witness whose life is depending on the prosecutor. And then they just say, and then what happened? And then what happened? And then what happened? And it's the job of the defense attorney can has to counter that with pointed, usually yes or no questions. That's what a cross-examination is, right? Yes. So nobody on that stage, like nobody knows how to do, be a defense attorney. And that's why, you know, some prosecutors obviously are good at cross-examination because they practice it. But, yeah. like, it's not something that they have to do generally as part of their job. Right, right. So I remember a while ago people were talking about Kamala Harris was so good at cross-examining the witnesses. Like, well, you know, no, we should, if we had some real if, – if, if being a defense lawyer was a career track for any higher office. No, yeah, it's just not. <laughs> you could see some real cross-examinations could, in Congress. I bet somebody could make the shift to podcaster from defense attorney, but that's it. <laughs> So, but yeah, so they're up there and they're like doing this ever shifting defense, which is not, it's not like generally how you do it. Like you're, you, you, especially with these guys, because they know what the evidence is because they did closed door hearings with all these people. So there's no like question in their mind about what is coming out. So they should be just making a coherent defense theory, which I think is it happened and you know, there's like theories of defense, right? Like some other person did it. Like it happened, I did it, but it wasn't a crime, right? That's sort of been what they That's were doing. That's their main one, right? Yeah, it happened, I did it, but it wasn't a crime. And I think they're also trying to kind of nullify it. Happened, I did it, it was a crime, but who cares, right? Like that's their other defense, mm-hmm. I think, basically. Like jury nullification, which they will get because they're going to the Senate that is controlled by their peers. And they're going to nullify the charges, right? The conviction. Well, I mean, they need 66 votes or whatever. It's never going to happen. Right. So it's like that's that's the end result. So they just – they're sticking somewhere between – But they're not even doing their own PR right, you mean? Like they could yeah. just be like sticking to their story. Yeah, they should just – in their, their weird trial that they've set up unnecessarily – for themselves again, because they're not really supposed to be having a trial right now. It's supposed to just be like you know well, people coming in. It's a fairly and, open process. They decide on the rules, right? I don't know. It just seems weird to me that it would be so adversarial when you're just asking witnesses for information, personally. So and so yeah. So they're just like kind of rambling in their defense, which is not yeah. what they should be doing. They should be sticking to a defense and like hammering it in when the facts come in you got to marshal them into your defense they know what the facts are going to be they know the people are going to say this they've always known it so they really are not doing a good job i don't think on behalf of their client that they've invented for themselves donald trump so again available if if you need us (laughs) are we are we really available for that (laughs) i don't know that we are (laughs) 
you know what? I got to like Devin Nunez is very bad at it. Like when the stuff comes in, like he's just reacting. But Jim Jordan and and the government's paid prosecutor guy whose name is Jim Jordan is ready to go. He's like a natural born defense attorney. Like he takes information in and he is ready to regurgitate with a comeback right away. Hmm. Yeah. So he's good. Yeah. I mean, right. he's not good, but like he he's uh, tenacious okay. the way a defense attorney should be. Okay. So, yeah. Go Jim Jordan. He's the one that molested the children. <laughs> he did, or stood is, by. This is a Republican. Yeah, oh, he I'm like shocked. he like stood idly by while they were being molested at a university. I don't know, really. Oh my god. Yeah, he's gross. The thing with impeachment for me, I I I do I hope it hurts Trump, but it also it really squeezes Republicans. It, it you know it forces the Senate to go. To make a choice, right, and so they can run against that. It helps down, it, you know. It might help Democrats take the Senate. Like, so th- there's there's good net positives for it. But like, I would love to see the impeachment used for actually like positive things on their own, right? Like, it would be yeah, what? Like, like what? Like, I mean, you know, this Ukraine thing is not nearly close to the top of the worst things that Trump has done. Trump has like kidnapped thousands of children, right? Like, I mean, he's like literally destroying families, like. I, I don't, you know, there's yeah. not a lot of rules around impeachment, right? Like, no, there are and, not. And, and I mean, the thing, problem is, like, they're not, do you remember Clinton's impeachment? They went into, like, they were, like, wild in their scope of fact-finding. And here, they're really not. They're, yeah. like, narrowly doing it. You know, they're just idiots, the Democrats well, and the Republicans. So they're just like, you know, let's, like, do this narrow scope. Then everyone can say, we can say we impeached him and we can move on. You know, I think well, that's the de- what the Democrats yeah, are I doing. Yeah, I mean, well, not that, you know, I think there's people, I mean, obviously, Rashida Tlaib ran on, like, impeach him. And I don't think she she meant on some narrow shit, right? No, and, but, but she's not like, in charge of the no, Democratic exactly. caucus. So. I mean, I, I feel like the dynamic kind of is that it happened. Like, there was all this pressure to impeach. Everyone wanted it. I mean, I wrote an article about it. Like, you know, it only happened when the kind of, like, right-wing, like, literally, like, the national security, like, ex-spooks in the Democratic Party, like, this national security caucus decided, okay, we're on board, because their friends, like, the nice squares in in Washington, it seems like, finally found an issue that they could get behind, right? Well, I mean, what you don't maybe know what happened is that, like, Fiona Hill testified that her boss is John Bolton, and she likes John Bolton and gets along well, because she, like, will just work for anyone executing the, you know, foreign policy of the United States. So mm-hmm. she's not making any value judgments about John Bolton. And John Bolton, after some meeting they were in, he was like, took pulled her aside and he was like, go tell the attorney, like, for the Foreign Service Commission or whatever, wh- exactly what you just heard and tell them I want no part of this drug deal or whatever it is they're yeah, not going Yeah, Giuliani on. drug deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, he's like, Giuliani's a bomb really waiting to go off or something. Even, like, your John Boltons are just like... And that's what I mean. So it, Holy yeah, fucking know, shit. But it's like, so it's the John Bolton aligned <laughs> yeah. side of the Democratic Party yeah. that finally came on board. <laughs> and, and that's what made it happen, right? And so, I mean. But there are no more John Bolton Republicans. Well, good. Yeah, no, he's persona au gratin now, right? It, persona au gratin. Are you getting ready for Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but, but I think that there's not one that's going to break ranks and uh, turn against Donald, I just which is hope, incredible. I just hope that this actually is emboldening for like other Democrats, and impeachment needs to be in the tool bag for any progressive hopes, right? Like one because of the judiciary, right? Like primarily, they. The, I think. A yeah. What quarter, do you mean by that? Like, I think Trump's a quarter, appointed about a quarter of the federal judges now. Yeah. Like, so literally one out of every four federal judges is a Trump appointee now, and he's appointing people who. You know, again, 
it's 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 not the like buttoned up even people that like no he's not appointing like centrist, normal people not it's like he's appointing people that not even like very cent- like American bar so, like that don't even check the boxes of no. like yeah. you went to school you know no. No. and so this is going to be a disaster going forward right I mean it, the judiciary is already not good no. but like it's really going to get worse and so you know the only way these people have lifetime appointments the only way to get rid of them is impeachment right right and there's a lot of people who think of impeachment only as like removing the president but like you literally could do it to just expose wrongdoing by the executive and just for the sake of exposing it and you know hmm. shooting a, uh, a, a cannon across the bow right a shot across right. the bow because Ooh, at, the, the bow. at the end of the day right like you know there's a lot of problems with our constitution right like it's antiquated it's based on like a kind of model of like a enlightenment model of humanity that's in many parts proven to be incorrect but yes but it does do one good thing which is place primary power for very important things such as war making and impeachment in the hands of the most democratic body within our government which is the house of representatives right and so like I know that the House of Representatives often gets a bad name because they actually are very not often bold. I mean, the last like, really bold House of Representatives was the Newt Gingrich Yahoo mm. Caucus, and but what I mean, what they did for their cause was quite significant, yes. right? And like, I think we need to actually look to them as a model for a left Congress. Our hope is not in technocratic fixes. Our hope is in like uh, fighters for the people. Yes. And that comes like I think that has to come primarily from the House of Representatives. Like that's the body that's going to like that that's why it's so great for me to see like you know Ilhan Omar AOC, right? Do you see the thing Ilhan Omar like the guy who tried to threaten her life and she like asked for, she wrote a, a judge for for leniency? Yes. Those are the people and that's the model for what we need to see in the house. Their ideas and like but impeachment has to be part of their toolback. Yeah. Yeah. And we need a systematic plan for the judiciary that involves all all tactics, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, including impeachment. So, there was an impeachment in twenty ten. In twenty ten, of a judge. Yeah. About what? In eastern Louisiana, he took uh, money from uh, private lawyers. Awesome. I think he had like a gambling problem. Oh yeah. Okay. And did they get rid of him? I think so. I didn't get that far in the hearings. But what I what I will say that is this is in the trial, you guys are not going to believe this. Adam Schiff is the prosecutor. Nice. Yeah, a young Adam Schiff. Maybe you don't know, but he's like the center guy. Yeah, and I've heard him talk. Okay. He was very mild-mannered in the one. It it just the, the judge I, one. I, the other thing that bothers me about the whole thing is the like the like latent kind of or sometimes more overt Russia phobia thing that is just a very unhelpful trend. I feel like, and if we don't want to die, <laughs> right? Like the U.S. and Russia, are the two countries with the nuclear arsenals to like end humanity. It's not a good way forward for us to politically become farther and farther apart, right? Like, right. It's well, just, Fiona you know, Hill like, was saying this. Like, yesterday. we literally only survived the '80s because of some Russian generals that didn't shoot the nuke off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't have a lot of faith that our people wouldn't follow the order <laughs> to shoot the nuke off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I feel like as a country, we don't generally go for having a deep, deeper understanding of what other countries where they're coming from. And so I think it's scary. And and especially like even going into this election, like, you know, if you listen to this podcast from the beginning, I had some some pretty strong takes on on the Russia thing yes. from a few years yes. ago. Yes, you do. But like I if you want to I, delve into the archives. I feel like at this point we haven't fixed 
the electoral system problem that we have, the deep one, which is we have just yahoos buying and implementing our electoral process. Like we have machines that are like proprietary. We have machine, you know, I remember everyone was upset about the Diebold machines, but yeah, it's like, it has n- none of that has been fixed, right? No. And so like, I don't think truly that like Russia was able to manipulate the actual election results on the machines in 2016. But I see no reason why Russia or anyone else wouldn't do it now, right? Because first of all, anyone else who does it, it doesn't matter because they'll blame Russia for it, right? right. Like it's automatically going to be like, it must have been Russia. And they, you know, the attribution for this stuff is not simple. It puts the national security establishment, they either have to admit that they have a bug in their office or just say it's from forensics. And the forensics are just, you can't get up, you can't mm-hmm. get that certain, mm-hmm. certain with forensics of a cyber attack. So what I, what I worry about now is like, there are probably people who own tons of machines and it doesn't take that many to like cast quite a lot of doubt, right? Especially with the right wing being completely insane yeah. and Trump having built up a narrative about Still massive amounts of... I mean, of- I think, yeah, he was ready in 2016 with a stolen election. Yeah. But you know what? It's just so annoying. Like, do you remember when we, like, liberated all the Iraqis and then they were able to have an election where everyone got to vote, including if you were abroad? Do you remember the liberation of Iraq when it happened? <laughs> and do you remember they all the, had their The liberation little... I see in, in air quotes. Yeah, I didn't even make the air quotes because, like, hopefully it was in my voice. But um, they had their thumbs, their purple thumbs yeah, yeah, and that. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, like, we have nothing like that in our country. <laughs> like, we don't have any sort of election process. No. Like, there's no, like, registration. There's no... There's just nothing. Like, it's so weird here. Well, and then we just... Like, you know, we'll kick 100,000 people off the rolls. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think that we've had elections in uh, organizations we've been in that have, like, proven that you can do, like, an electronic voting system. And here, you're just, like, totally incapable of doing it in this country. Yeah, I I think there's problems. There's legal problems. I mean, there isn't actually a constitutional right to vote, right? Like, it's just, you know... I feel like at the start of the Constitution, there were people that weren't allowed to vote. <laughs> there were quite a few, yes. And that there still are some people who aren't yeah. allowed to vote. Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny that they sort but, of look you know, like the people that weren't originally allowed to vote. It doesn't need to be a constitutional right to vote. They could just, like, every other place doesn't have a constitutional right to vote. You you can just have, like, a mechanism for voting. Yeah. That We don't even have a we mechanism just, for voting. The point is we haven't done it. and like Because I, nobody wants people voting. I will... I mean, I don't want to call it a prediction, but I'm, you know, there will be places where there's crazy voting irregularities and it's going, it only is going to help fuel if Trump loses. It just spins up that narrative even more. And like, I don't know, it's going to be a rough, if that happens, it's going to be a rough little, little Yeah, but it's been rough when Hillary lost and everyone's talking about Russia all the time. I mean, that woman is on television every day screaming about it. The Hillary people aren't heavily armed and no one in law enforcement like it's it's it doesn't yeah, have it doesn't true. have the potential to create like an actual constitutional crisis. You yeah, know what I mean? but it does it does do what Fiona Hill was saying. She was worried about, you know, her she was very persuasive with her Northern English accent when she was saying Russia did want to meddle in our election, but it wasn't specifically necessarily to get Donald Trump elected. It was to undermine our democracy, yeah. which and it has. Oh, I mean. <laughs> 
She was like, it has. And here oh, are yeah. the results of but things it, it, like this. It keeps on doing it, right? Yeah. Because paranoia undermines our democracy, right? Like, it, 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 it like, yeah, keeps well, on giving. Yeah, that's what she was saying. Yeah, okay, yeah. And she's like, and it, you know, and they're not our ally, but we do need to work closer with, I think you would really like what she had to say, you know? Sounds good. She's, she was raised Pua. <laughs> We were going to do something with The Watchmen, the show. Well, yeah. I... And, like, just, I have a lot of trouble reading comics because of the way my brain works. It's something of a disability. Yeah, Grania's, like, ill-picture it. <laughs> yes, I'm ill-picture it. I don't see things at all. Like, I'm yeah. like, what is this stuffed animal? And Nathan will be like, it's a pig. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but there is something actually wrong with me. You didn't go to school enough. You're watching a wrong contract. I don't know what a bull pig is. <laughs> Clearly, we just figured it all out. <laughs> anyway. So you're trying to read the comic of Watchmen. So, yeah, I well, and I did. You got through it. I read the entire thing. It was so painful. I was like, I mean, obviously, Alan Moore, I think he's a genius, and I love him. You love him just because of his spiritual beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's an anarchist, and I think he just understands what's going on in a way that I can relate to. Yeah. And um, But I'm just like, it'll picture it. So it's very hard for me to read the comics, but I did read them, and I did like it. You know, I got this book about, like, starting business partnerships at the same time, and it was, like, really hard for me to not read the partnership book that seemed <laughs> a lot more interesting. But I got through it. <laughs> So now I understand who Rorschach is, and I know, you know. The so you main started player. watching the show. I, I watch. I, I'm like slogging. So here, show. here's what happened: is I watched the very beginning of the show, and then I realized I should read this comic because. Oh, yeah. But what it seems like, and then I haven't gotten back to the show. But I thought you would watch the show. Yeah, I watched the show. So I, what I've heard about the show. Well, first of all, the problem is like the police and I, the world is bad, and power is bad because alan moore understands that alan yeah. moore the man and he well, understands that's what the whole thing was about that right? like yeah that you have this like weird nu- fake nuclear person the blue guy with the dr manhattan dr manhattan thank you you know he's just like some weirdo <laughs> the police are everything's confused and bad and that is the way our society is like you know it's looking at the idea of a comic book like a superhero and kind of understanding that that's an inherently bad thing, right? Power is bad, right? Like yeah. What you said, right? Yes. And so it's just like this guy who has the ultimate power is completely insane. So that's, that's the way it is, but it doesn't, it's in our, our land, which is a land where the police are fascists and prison is bad and cruel. And that's where we live. And so yeah. it's like our world and you know, it does what art does. It tries to present you with, your human condition in a way that makes you understand what's happening. And I think that the Watchmen does that well by exaggerating certain features. Yeah. But also this is just, this is what we're doing anyway. And this show took, is pretending that we live in a race neutral society, which, but doesn't do the work to get us there. No, exactly. I mean, it's just, (laughs) and that's so so offensive. So frustrating. Cause it's like, it's literally asking the dumbest questions you could ask, right? Like, what if racism just ended? And it, or you know, it's like it's, that's not 
That's not the question. Then we don't have America. It, it, but it really is this, it's, it's like a highly idealized vision of how the world works, where everything is just ideas, right? There's no like material reality, right? There's no history. Yeah. It's just like racism is just an idea. And then the, the, the whole premise in the show is they elected Robert Redford for president, and then he like flipped racism around, right? Where the cops now are black. And they're kind of bad because they're cops, but like they're still racists, but they don't have power. It's like that's not, you know, that's not an interesting question. That's not how any, that's not how racism works. That's not how power operates. Yeah, it's like those and yahoos so, like doing that thing with the Civil War, like the Game of Thrones morons who they got this like, they were like yeah. going to do a oh, thing yeah. where like, what if the South had won the Civil War? It's like, well, clearly it did. You know, because you guys are getting to make art on a grand scale. No, I mean, that is, that is, <laughs> like, I mean, that's a whole separate thing, but that is true. No, it like, isn't. That's the truth. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, the Civil War statues were built, you know, a generation or two after the Civil War, right? Like all those statues that yes, people are tearing down. But, but like, yeah, no, I, I, but you, you wouldn't know, have the mediocre white man is like running everything if the South hadn't won. <laughs> yeah, no, these guys, like, I mean, I, they lost the battle. You and, know, and then, but and then they I found out, won the war. Then I found out it's a show, it's like, written by the guy who did lost and then is it a mediocre white man oh did this anti God. like it's like this mediocre guy, po- white people pondering about what to do in an america without race like well cuz yeah like, because to stop, them it's go because make an america without it's because to them racism is just a choice it is just an yeah. ideological choice it's yeah. not part of the fabric of the society cuz they can choose to ignore it right and and choose they have yeah but like <laughs> it's just, it's so frustrating these like there's so many things and then I, then i found out that it's the same guy who wrote this movie prometheus which was like an mm. aliens prequel and it was just it's just like it all made sense to me then it's just like okay this guy actually doesn't understand that movies or TV shows need to have characters and plots, and the characters are motivated, and that's what drives them through the plot. That's why they do things. It's just all. But everything... people like this Watchman. I, I don't think. I think it's pretty. It's not doing well. Oh, CM Some Punk said like it was it. good. I imagine there's there's always a group of people who like something, but like, it's to me it does. People are like, if you get through the first one, the rest of it's really good. The last one was not bad. So you watched all of them? Yeah, I watched them. I, I like Avi's doing the work here. <laughs> I might be watching this impeachment. It's but hard honestly, to watch sometimes because yeah. it's hard to pay and attention. I find the impeachment fun to watch, obviously, since I was a child. <laughs> so yeah, I really no. do. I, don't, I, this, I can't tell. I find I know, fun to watch. This person I know was like, "No, I'm not watching the impeachment. Why would anyone do that?" And it's like I love watching it. I, yeah, like I, it's I, not I, like a chore at all. Like I'm dying to watch it. I, I guess I haven't. He's really... like, but I just you can read about it. And I'm like, I just would never want that to be how I learn about it. <laughs> like I try to like not see spoilers when I miss parts of it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if watching is worth really. But I is mean, that is, it, is it, that how other people? <laughs> no, no. Also, a lot of people like it. Like yeah, it, I, I mean, guess. It's like, I don't but, think it's. Like, I like it in like a, a pro wrestling kind of my way. My parents are watching it. Yeah, I think yeah. people watch it like this. Like pro wrestling. Yeah, like it's just good and evil, you know, your real basic stuff. You got heroes, villains. I mean, you know, that guy. What about the debates? You have a debate rundown? Well, I watched the debates. I mean, those those are really hard for me to watch. The last debate was pretty tough. Really? Pretty tough, really. Yeah. Pretty tough. Um, Tough stuff? Yeah. It was hard. It was. Everyone is a mess up there because. 
the democratic platitudes that have like always served them so well. Like I just I can remember when like John you need to, you need to unite the country. Yeah, like unite everybody and like look out for the common man. Like all the things that like let's say what John Edwards said in the debates. I remember his debate performance from when he was running against Kerry. And it was just like this beautiful speech filled with platitudes. He was a trial attorney, so he really knew how to do it. He could like turn on the faucet. Yeah, it was like great. It was like he did a really good job of it. And I just remember that one where they were just like, it was just a range of platitudes. And like you were just like, I guess I'm picking that platitude one versus that platitude yeah. one. It didn't really make any difference. And in this one, some of them are trying to do that now. They're like, we really all need to bring people together. And then they're like, but what about universal pre-K? And they're like, oh, no. You know, they like melt down because they're like, I don't have a policy or like a thing that I believe in, but I'm the platitudes. And like even the we're going to reach across the aisle is like so hollow now. <laughs> so it's painful to watch them try to like out-centrist each other because they've started doing that now. Before they were trying not to do that. They were all trying to like out-Bernie Bernie and now they're just like trying to be the number one centrist. Yeah. Now and now it's like it seems like I mean Duval Patrick is joined to kind of maybe take out Warren. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't I don't know what's going on like they have Bloomberg now. I mean, it's just really painful. Because I mean, this is exactly what happened and, with Trump though. So it's just like well, my real question, the one thing I want to know about is did Warren go after Bernie? No. Good. Okay, cuz that's my she, well, No, she did. She was like the only thing that was pointed she was like, I'm the only one on here that is going to commit to not having my ambassadors be people who donated to my campaign. And she was like, no one else up here is going to oh, commit God, to this. So lame. I know. It's so lame. It's and then so Bernie's like, no, like my, my ambassadors will definitely be people who contributed to my campaign. They just won't be fucking sniveling yahoos like Trump's people. <laughs> That's the whole point. The yeah. Whole, yeah. I mean, that also you know, that kind of also articulates the difference between the two. Yeah. But like I still I have a secret hope and I, I you know. I have a secret hope that I Bernie and Warren have like a pact, right? Because I know Bernie tried to get it run last time. They've known each other for a long time. I pray. <laughs> this is my 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 hope amongst hopes is that they basically have a deal to like be each other's VP. But honestly, you know, because, honestly, because I don't think that anyone's going to go into this convention with a majority. I think you're wrong. You, th- I, you think someone will have a majority yeah. of delegates? Mm-hmm. And, and here's you think why that person is going to be Bernie Bernard, Sar- Bernard Sanders. Here's what's going on. Bernie has 10 million Twitter followers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Elizabeth Warren has like two. Joe Biden has 3.5. Yeah. Bernie okay. has like way more than the field combined. And Twitter followers are not really anything, obviously. They're not indicative of anything. But the media people that f- are following Bernie, not because they love him, but because they're media people, are following all the rest of them. That means that he has like. 7.5 million random Americans. And also, like, Ariana Grande was like, I've registered 20,000 people to vote for you at my concert so far. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 not we'll see. She did. I, I, I hope that's true. I mean, like, I do think... What do you think, mean? What do you hope is true? Well, I mean, I do think... I think that Bernie has the highest chance of anyone of overperforming mm-hmm. because... In the same way that he wasn't, he was a, a joke candidacy that liter- people were literally laughing he was, he at. He was last actually time. a joke candidate last last time, well, and he and, like well over. I mean, he didn't run as a joke, but he ran as just a issue guy, right? He didn't run to yes, win no. until like, he All realized of a sudden he was holy winning. Cr- yeah, exactly, yeah. right. And so I don't think that the like pollsters of the world, and, and also like the well that he's pulling from, 
is deep in this country, which is like disaffected non-voters, yes. right? So I do think he has the highest chance of overperforming. But just go with me on my scenario for a minute, mm-hmm. right? Like no. if Elizabeth Warren's support is anywhere near where it shows it to be, right? Yeah. I think that Biden is just going to steady trickle. And I think that they've turned on Elizabeth Warren in some sense because I think they started believing that she actually had a chance. Yes. And so like I do think th- this is a potential scenario that Bernie and Warren together have have the majority Mm -hmm. whereas any one of them and like everyone else could also form it's like kind of like forming a government right because like yes i understand but except that how do you think that these people are getting delegates like you have to get 15 percent i don't i mean again we're sitting here again i think you have to get 15 percent in every state to get a single delegate yeah but i mean if you just think that there's biden warren and sanders Right, like maybe but one of no the other way, people could get a single delegate in another state, and then whatever. Yeah, but there's no way that Sanders goes with Biden or whoever. The only possible part, like the only possible coalition, it, for Sanders is Warren. Mm-hmm. It's not the case for Warren. Warren can go either, either way. So I'm yeah. just kind of reading the tea leaves of is she going? Like her kind of trying to spike Medicare for all is a bad sign, yeah. right? That's a sign that she's like willing to go the other way, right? Yeah. Her going after Bernie in the debates is another one of those signs. So, you know, it's just like, because until there's votes cast, we're reading tea leaves, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're reading tea leaves. So we'll Whatever. check back in after I mean, Iowa. No, we won't. We keep reading the tea leaves. Everybody's enjoying it. It's like, <laughs> who's going to win at WrestleMania? Like, you know? The, the debate the debate advertisements are just exactly pro wrestling. Really? They, they, I mean, the CNN, when it was on CNN, it was like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, no, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was like, what? where am I? I'm in a Paul Verhoeven movie, you know? Like, <laughs> you know who I'm sad about, though? What I'm sad about is Julian Castro was excluded from the debate. And he, I like him. You love, you love him. I don't know, yeah. I think he, you know, if I'm being honest, like, if Bernie wasn't in, he's who I would be rooting for okay. over Elizabeth Warren. Huh. huh. Yeah, I like him. I well, like him as I, a person. I'm going for Warren. If it was just treacly, like, platitudes, I'm he'd be my for, treacly platitude guy. I don't even care who ha- is, like, if as long as Bernie's in there, I don't care. Like, if Bernie's VP, I actually don't care because I think, I mean, obviously I'd rather him be president. But... Well, That's, she's going to power is, share the with him. Is, but if he she's has not the gonna... army. He has the army. Like, and then nothing happens without the army. Nothing happens without the grassroots. Nothing happens without actually people, like, flipping the f out on the streets and in people's offices and pushing. Because, you know, you know, it's like we, we're in this like hell world now because we're fighting against the yahoos, right? It's like, it's like this. You mean like the what Giuliani's. I mean by what I mean, yeah, what I mean by us, it's like we have the left and we have these like angry Democrats, yeah. who like are politically like as you say, like they're platitudes. Their politics are platitudes, right? right. There's not a real substance yeah. to a lot of it. But what we need to have is a fight between the left and the kind of like power centrists who actually don't want anything to change, and we need to have a fight between them over who's going to get the people. In the vast people in the middle who are like, you know, they need to start taking our platitudes. And I know you, you've you been getting, like, angry on, on Twitter because, like, you, you've, there's all these people, like, left people who, like, you feel like are not – you miss the cranks of yesteryear. I do. But, like, I think it's a good sign that there's all these new left people. No, I just think these people in their 20s are terrible. <laughs> like, this is how we're like, going to lose our audience. It's like they're bonkers. 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I think we need this. We need like we need to start having like yahoos of uh, our own. Yeah, I, new I, yahoos. I like our old yahoos. <laughs> <laughs> I miss our old yahoos. So I got to show you something that. Th- so this is an unboxing. This is Grani's. Oh, we're having an to- unboxing audio. Yeah, unboxing. This audio. is the way we used to do it, children, before we were able to. Before, before YouTube. Before YouTube, we had to do this unboxing is- audio. So Grani was talking about Oliver North from her childhood, and this is something that I remember from living in D.C. at the time that I found on eBay. Can you believe we're so old that we remember Iran Contra? Ooh. Oh my god. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a beautiful um, poster of Oliver North, which I guess um, Avi's going to put somewhere here in his home, or maybe in our office. office. And it says, Ollie for President, an American hero. And it has a picture of our beautiful Ollie North. He looks much nicer in this photo than in I remember him. He has like a large machine gun in his left arm, but instead of shooting bullets, which it has many bullets around it, but it's shooting out shredded paper. And then on his right shoulder, it says Cairo, Tehran, Beirut, Saigon, Tel Aviv, Granada, Washington. And he's pointing his index finger on his right hand at us. And he has a gun in the index finger of his left hand. And he's like surrounded in bullets. And he's wearing um, his sort of signature um, bomber jacket that he wears. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm really glad that you got this pa- poster that you can put in your home. This will be, we can put this on our show episode. It can be our uh, cover for this yes, episode. Yes, yes. Really good. So yeah, I ordered a poster today too, yeah, the, this week too. It's not as much of a classic as that one. What'd you get? Um, I got a Bernie poster. It's not me, us. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Nice. It's a little sillier than your Oliver North one. 